Hi, you are listening to Mobile Couch, and this is episode number 83. So, Ben, did you see that I launched a new app? I did, Jelly. It's on my front screen. Front screen. That's right. Congrats. It's a very rare honor. I was very surprised that I got an article on Lifehacker. That's like... I did see that. That's a big deal. It's awesome. Super cool. It helped. uh, It got... It it actually made it so that like what I expected to be a relatively kind of eh launch ended up being a bit of bit more like eh. <laughs> <laughs> I was That's, hoping you were going to say like kuching kuching. That was me like throwing out cash. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I never expected other to be like other is not. I mean, it's a. It's a terrible name. It's I, I like to think of it as terrible good. I think it's good. Yeah, because it, makes it kind of it's it makes sense and that sort of stuff, but it's terrible. It's hard to Google. Just just try okay, it. Okay, yep. Yep. Um <laughs> it it's, it's super hard, but uh yeah, I got I got a um I got an article on Lifehacker which is super kind of which is how super did it, cool. Did you email? Like how did no, it happen? No, I didn't ask. I didn't ask. It just for happened. It. So, I at one point made friends with this is how I think it worked right at one point I made friends with uh, Graham Spencer from Mac Stories okay and um, I've had kind of communications with him not related to other I should mention I did invite him onto the beta at one stage just being like hey like I've got an app do you want to do you want to try it out and he did that and he gave me some feedback and I just kind of you know went on launched it and didn't even think you know think twice about it and he posted on uh, his website the daily app which I did help build in, mm-hmm. in a way, uh, which is kind of cool. And then Lifehacker got it from there and posted about it. So somebody at Lifehacker saw that, uh, it seems like that anyway, from the yeah. from the article and then have posted about it, which is super cool. And it's just that sort of like almost coincidental way that that works, which is nice. So are you a millionaire now? No. Huh. No. It didn't make that – like it hasn't made a massive amount of – uh, like sweet cash, uh, sweet cash, and I'd never <laughs> expected it to. It was never like the the whole launch of that app was never designed to like. It would never cross my mind that I'd be like, yeah, this is gonna be like a million dollar app. Mm. It's gonna be a maze, which uh, like is just basically me being, I guess, pragmatic. Has have any VCs thrown you money yet? No, oh. no. Did you buy a cheeseburger? I bought I bought muffins this morning. Does that count? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they the had morning, bacon on them. Which the morning is cheeseburger. Yeah, I like it. So that was kind of cool. I, I, I did um, post. Uh, I'll post um, my. I'm happy to like share the numbers for most of the things. I'm not going to share revenue, but everything else. I mean, it's not like you can't figure it out based on whatever numbers I provide. Because I did. I have posted and will post uh, like attached to the show notes uh, the number of in-app purchases that have been purchased by which you can figure out the most amount of money that I can possibly have made mm-hmm. and then probably figure out like what's more likely to have been made is not that much. But it's nice. Like it's a good like it's you know it's good cool. to have another app and it's good to have something out there and uh it always feels nice to be able to ship something, right? Like that's yeah. huge. I posted an update to my app the other day. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. First yeah. time it's been touched in two years, maybe. Nice. But I put a I put a little note in the update note saying like if you use this every day Tell me in a review. And I also added a review on App Store button to the settings page. Nice. Two reviews. Yes. I think I've only got 50 users. So that's like, <laughs> boom, that's, hitting the percentages. That's huge. Yeah. That's nice. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had 10,000 updates, but I chucked Fabric in there and it's used about 50 times a day. 
But I still feel like two is a pretty good effort. Two reviews, both five star. Yeah. No, nice. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. Other got at least one one star review. What? Yeah. It was over the fact that it uses a tip jar. Oh. Mine uses a tip jar. Yeah. Just don't leave a tip. Yeah, that that was what I thought. I was like, why don't you just not leave a tip or leave a tip? Just do whatever you want. And yeah. like, I'm not requiring you to do anything. But the the review was something like, don't use a tip jar. They are they just seem desperate. You should either have it paid up front or not paid at all. Title: Cashed up app developer trying to scam us all out of our hard earned coins. That I think that was pretty much the idea. Mm. Spoiler alert: It doesn't make that much money, oh. and neither does really like. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not like super cashed up. Oh. Yeah. You're at just all. like not even from gift wrapped, which is probably my most well. All the stereotypes app. in my head are being crushed. Yeah, crushing them, crushing them. Um but I I I went through some of the um some like some launch experience stuff with Russell on um on Topical on Friday, last Friday. We went over some launch stuff and talk, talked about like our experiences with launching. So that's if you're interested in more information about that sort of stuff, then that's a good episode to listen to. I think. Cool. Cross promotion. Activate. Win. Ding ding ding. Ding ding ding. One hundred XP. <laughs> so I have a bit of a problem that I want to work through with you today. Mm, um, let me stroke my beard. You don't really have a beard to no, stroke. I shaved yesterday. Yeah, I mean you got a little bit of stubble going on, not as much as me. No, it's like the 9am shadow from yesterday shaving. <laughs> so the thing that I've got, like the problem that I've got, right, uh, is with GIF wrapped. And GIF wrapped has, uh, has obviously you share GIFs and so you use the share sheet. But the Twitter sharing option doesn't really support GIFs, at least in iOS 9. Mm. It kind of used to work before. I was using like a document, the document interaction controller, which is like this bit of API that Apple introduced in like iOS 4 and then completely forgot it existed and has never touched it ever, like since then. I mean, the activity view controller is clearly not, you know, it's clearly in the same boat because it's, uh, it hasn't, like the Twitter activity hasn't been updated to be able to support, you know, half of the things that, you know, Twitter now supports. Mm. So that's kind of a pain. So I kind of need to implement my own. So I thought what we could do is we could walk through a potential solution and you can help me figure it out. Well, Jelly. I'd like to thank you for bringing this problem to us today. That was very brave of you. So wait, wait, let me start. Step one, Google my problem. Well, maybe step one actually is more like, let's figure out what the problem needs, like what we need to build first. Doesn't Stack Overflow tell me that? No, Stack Overflow will tell you how to build it. <laughs> you can this probably way just find some code on Stack me. Overflow and like copy paste it and done. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. So the solution that I've got in mind should be able to like it. So it should show up in the UI activity view controller, which means that you have to create a UI activity. Okay. And you should be able to post a tweet with a GIF attached to it. So one of the Twitter fancy GIFs. Like they convert them to videos, right? Or something, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Does that mean you actually have to convert them to a video? No. Surely Twitter does that for us. They do that. Okay, good. Um, they so we won't go into a super like to a super amount of detail on it, but with the Twitter GIFs, you kind of have to do like a chunked upload. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you like initiate, like you do a quest to initiate like a media item and then you upload in like, you know, sizable chunks yep. uh, in your file and then you do like a finalized one. And then because it's a GIF that has to be converted to a video, you also have to post some like status uh, request updates to be able to like figure out when it's finished converting 
and then you can do a final uh, request to post a tweet. That's the way. That really? The, yeah. It's super complex. That doesn't sound right at all. It is. It's totally right. It works. I, I mean, I've got I mean, it. I I've, believe you. I yeah. mean, from a design point of view. It's kind of annoying, isn't it? It seems like you should just be able to upload the, like post a tweet, which includes an upload of a GIF. And then when they're done processing it, it just appears in your timeline. Yeah, I don't know what it is with APIs. Like they RESTful APIs or like Dropbox does this as well. Uh, they have these like chunked upload like request endpoints yeah. that you can post to, and uh, you have to like break down the the uh, file into a bunch of like smaller data chunks. So you yeah. can use like a sub data. Like there's a method on NS data for like uh, sub data at range or something like that. Mm. So you have to figure out what the range is, and then you can grab a data chunk, and then you can upload that. But H, like the HTTP thing actually does support like multi like chunked uploads because you can do it with like JavaScript on a yeah. web page as well, and you don't have to do like several requests. It just does it. I don't understand why why APIs implement this. It it kind of is really wiggy to me. But there's got to be a reason then. Surely there is. But anyway, we won't go into all that detail. Okay, that's good. Cause- uh, it sounds way too hard. Let's for me. just let's just assume for the rest of the podcast that we're go- like that we're going to initiate a request to post our GIF and our tweet, and that's just kind of what we uh, kind of do because otherwise it gets way too complex. But we got to be able to post. We we got to be able to do that. So that's kind of got to be implemented as part of our solution. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the first step now that we've got the problem figured out? Okay, first you have to check they're actually signed into Twitter and can post tweets. That's the social framework. Okay. In iOS. Yep. And the accounts framework, I think, is separate? Yes. Actually, it is. Yeah. But I think you need both. So the AC account store lets you get access to, like, Twitter, Facebook, whatever social media accounts that the user has access to, like, has implemented in iOS. Then you use the social framework to actually do the requests that we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And we need an activity. Yeah, because we put wanna... in the. So probably what maybe the solution then is to create a UI activity and give it like a name and an icon and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. that you need for that uh, to make it look like the Twitter one. And then maybe just like take the the GIF that's provided and uh, check that there's an account. Grab the first account and then tweet it. Yeah, that sounds good. Why yeah. doesn't that work? Well, it it kind of does work. I mean, that would work, wouldn't it? Like, I mean. There are probably some rough edges. Like if we go over 140 characters without link well, to I mean, the image? Well, if it's just an image, it's... If it's just an image... Oh, we want a message a as well. Okay, so we probably want to implement more. So the question here is, right, what what do you think is good code? Like what is what is good code? If we're implementing good... Like if we're wanting, trying to implement this in a way that's good and is good code, mm-hmm. like what would be some qualities of that, of the code? It's readable. Okay. You can read it and understand it. You don't have to sit there trying to like work your way through it. You should just be able to read it like a book. Yeah, that makes sense. Probably it, should work. It should work. Yep. Yes. It should achieve what it set out to achieve. Yeah. It should be, I'm not sure what the right word is, but basically future proof. So you haven't relied on something that's probably going to change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You haven't made any silly assumptions. Mm-hmm. Like this tweet share function will always be inside of this one view controller, just for example. It's relatively efficient. Doesn't have to be too crazy. Yep. Don't like go nuts over it, but don't do anything silly at the same time. Yeah. I think one of the most important things of all those bits that you mentioned, obviously work the fact that it works is kind of the most important thing for code. 
Mm-hmm. Like that is key. And along with that, I guess it comes with like the fact that it shouldn't really have a lot of bugs and rough edges and you know, mm-hmm. bits like that. Um, you should have figured out all the kind of edge cases. Ah, oh, it should be testable. You write tests well, to, to see, work out your edge cases. See, tests, tests I feel like are not a quality of, of good code, but they're a method of getting good code. Mm. Like you can write good code without tests. I mean, unit tests and stuff like that haven't always existed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like somebody invented like invented UI tests and then invented programming. Yeah, but if you went back to that code now, you'd probably say it's no good because the standard shifts. Yeah, the standard does shift, but it's a t- it's because the tools have gotten a lot better. Like it's it's like uh like how you can write code without syntax highlighting, right? Like mm-hmm. syntax highlighting is a tool to assist you with you know making it easier to spot problems. Just like I don't know, uh autocomplete is a tool that helps you to uh look up, you know, the methods and classes and yep. stuff like that. Testing is kind of a tool to assist you to make good code, but you could theoretically do the same thing that a unit test does in other ways and still achieve a similar result, just not as easily or as well. No, I still think you need the tests. I'm not saying you don't need the tests. I'm saying that they're not, the tests are not I think you need them to call it good code. So let's say it's a job interview. One of those new ones that are really good. They're like take-home examples, right? Yep. So you get to go home with some problem that seems realistic for the job you're applying for. Let's say you're applying for Twitter and you're doing this exact problem. Yep. If I submitted the exact same code with tests or without tests, which one would they take? They would probably prefer the tests, but I still don't think that that's necessarily a hallmark of good code. It's still like, it just means that it's... It's more so the fact that it makes it a lot easier to make sure that that code works and continues to work when you make mm-hmm. changes to it later, and thus it's a tool, not like a quality of the code itself. Maybe. All right. Because well, it's separate. It can't be a quality of the code itself. Like The fact that it's readable is a quality of the code because it is like the code has to be readable, like it is the code. Mm-hmm. But tests, I don't even know why I'm arguing this so strongly. It doesn't really matter in the end. Like you should probably write tests if you're doing something as kind of crucial as whatever like whatever we're doing here. Yeah. But I, at the same time, like you could probably, you could implement this sans tests and still achieve a healthy, like good quality result. Mm-hmm. It would just, you're probably making it harder for yourself, but I don't think, like, I don't think it's impossible to do. No, I think it would be better with tests. Yeah, fair enough. Cool, all right. So what about, like, style-wise? Do you think that style has an implementation, like, has a relative application to, like, whether or not it's good or not? Uh, well, yeah, but it probably should be automated. Like, if it's not indented at all, I'm instantly going to think it's bad. Yeah, so I, it- th- I guess style means that it should be readable, but it doesn't necessarily, like, if you put, like, open a scope on the same line as an if statement or something like that it probably doesn't that's what i do well if you if you do that or do it you know on the next line like that probably doesn't really matter it's still good regardless of what you do yeah in that location but it should also like you you probably don't want to like write everything on a single line because that makes it really difficult to read and understand later on Mm -hmm. i guess it also depends on what you define style as so you know you've got people with style guides but a lot of the things in there actually define how the program is written in the first place. So it's more than just a curly brace on the same lines and if statement. It'll yep. be things like, we never use exclamation marks in Swift. Yeah, okay. Or we always make outlets weak. Or 
So there are like good practices in there that would make the code good. Like if your thing works really well, but it's full of exclamation marks, I'm going to think it's bad. So it's probably like, there's probably a lot of rough edges. And one of the things that I would have done first, like the first thing that I would do in this loca- in this situation, and we kind of did do it, mm-hmm. was just create a working example. Yeah, give it a go. Kind of a concept, like a proof of concept. Yeah, I can make this work. And what we created there was like a, like, you know, a UI activity with an icon that shows up. So it shows up, but it works fine. And you hit that and it posts a tweet. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal because, I mean, if we don't have access to the Twitter accounts, then that's probably going to break. Yep. If, we have no internet. Yeah, if we have no internet, that's probably going to break. If our message is too long, that's not going to work. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't even have a message because we have no way of ed- like putting a mess, adding oh, a message. Oh, right. We don't even have that We've just yet. got a link. Okay, well, that's useless. So we probably want no to be able to make that. it so that you can like add a message or at least edit the message that goes out. Uh, it probably will have like if we've just kind of like rush implemented this, it probably has bugs and other problems like that we haven't even kind of come across really. Mm-hmm. Like especially if you go if you do some sort of edge case, like what happens? Uh, what happens if you post a GIF that's like forty five megabytes? What happens if you don't post anything? But that's a good question. What happens if you don't post anything? What if you post a JPEG? And kind of more importantly, like what happens when? Let's say that we put this code into the shipping version, we release it on the App Store and we go away and do something else and we come back to it in a year. Can we like can we understand what we're going to what we're looking at? More important than anything else I think is with good code is can not just like other people like your coworkers, uh other people in the project whatever, but can future you understand what you've written? Yeah, probably not. Because, I mean, for instance, I've gone through and I, impl- like, this is one of the things that I did. I went through and I implemented this in my code and it was only one kind of, one class. It's not really, like, there's not really a division of responsibility there. Everything, like, all the Twitter-related stuff is in the class and, uh, you know, we're doing account fetching all in the same class. And so, mm-hmm. like, so it's kind of like this big monolithic, mo- monolithic um, class and that's not ideal. Mm-hmm. We probably want to split that up. So the next step that I would probably go, like having like implemented something that works and having kind of thought about it for a little bit, my next step would be to make it better, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let's take another pass at this. So we iterate over the problem and try and, you know, optimize our solution, probably add a little bit more, fix some stuff. So one of the things that UI activity has, and this is, this makes it a little bit easier is uh, you can have, so you can either do a thing with the objects that you are given. Mm-hmm. So you get like NS data and stuff like that. You can either just do something and then just return, like say, yeah, I'm done and then we're finished. Um, and then everything kind of shuts down and there's no um, there's no views or anything that pop up. Okay. Um, but the other option that you have is you can present a UI view controller instead uh, and then that lets you provide some stuff well that like sounds you can better do some stuff so that's probably a better solution here so if we go for that we can implement a view controller and then we need to make it so that we can probably make it so well you can select an account that you want to tweet from mm-hmm. and then maybe post a tweet with a message okay let's let's think about the view, the, the view controller for a mm-hmm. sec like what what do we need in the view controller then text field okay. to edit yep put in our message we probably want an image view to show that we're actually putting the gif on Yep. We need a go button, like a, okay, send it. Send button, yep. Tweet it. Yep. And a cancel. Maybe a count, like a character count. Oh, that's a good one. Because you need yep. 140 characters. And th- thinking about it, like that, we could implement all that. Like that's not a very difficult 
you have your controller to implement. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we'd have to if I wanted to make it so that it looks like the existing one. I'd kind of have to do a fair bit of work to kind of make that work, yeah. make that work right. But if I remember correctly, there was uh, in iOS eight they shipped a new kind of view controller class for extensions. It's called Compose Service View Controller. Yep, I've heard of it. I've never used it. Well, it's just a view controller. It's a view controller. It's designed for extensions. So it's got like all this extension related stuff in it. Um, but it's basically just a view con- UI view controller uh, that when you present it, it looks like you know the uh, the Twitter share sheet cool. where it has so you can uh, it has like the cancel and send buttons. You can provide a like a character count relatively easy you just mm-hmm. tell it what the characters number like the number of characters left is and it will put that in there obviously it has a text field for editing and you can provide a preview view which lets you show that gif this sounds perfect it is it sounds right doesn't it yeah um it probably might need a little bit of work around but we could try it yeah uh, and see what we come up with because i mean it, it's designed for extensions so it's got like all these kind of extension bits in there but I feel like maybe that would work and it will probably get us closer faster, right? Yeah. That's another good code sign, I think, not reinventing the wheel yeah. when it already exists. And in situations like this, like the UI Twitter activity, I guess is what we're going to call it, mm-hmm. is complex. Like it's, it seems innocuously small when you just use it on a day-to-day basis, but mm-hmm. there's so much to it. There are so many kind of additional bits and pieces that you can that you kind of need to implement in order to make everything work. And this is one of those things. And if you can shave off the time by using something that exists already, then that will be pretty helpful. I mean, there's situations where that might not want to be, you might not want to do that. Sure, why not? Like do whatever you feel that is neat, is necessary. But I mean, this is designed for, for extensions, but it seems to work perfectly okay in this situation as well. Mm-hmm. So right, let's let's use that and it solves us let's a give lot it of, a go. saves us a lot of time. So the the length of the tweet thing is kind of interesting. Have yeah. you ever tried to figure out the length of it, like the character length for a tweet? No, but I know it's complex because they do weird things with links. Yeah. So links currently at the moment are like 23 characters. Always? Always. Even if I submit a link that's five characters? Yes. Because huh, they get seemed... wrapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get wrapped as Tico links. Only in some cases though. So if your URL, for whatever reason, has a username and password attached to it, like, you know, like uh, basic auth or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. That doesn't get wrapped, I don't think. So it just exists as text. Yeah, so they wrap the link, but not the parameters, I'm guessing. Well, the parameters are part of the link, so they can't wrap it at all. So it'd just be like, it'd probably get shown as a link, but it probably wouldn't be wrapped. Ah, yeah. As in, you can't click it. Like, if you, well, click- you can click it, but it's not a, like it doesn't do the whole like going through Tico thing. Oh, so okay. it doesn't get like I, th- I don't think you get the part of the Tico thing is that you get whatever amount of characters like you only end up with the amount of characters that the wrapped version mm. of the link exists, which is why it's twenty three now, and it will grow over time. But I don't think yeah, so I don't think you as like if you got a username and password, it doesn't like. I mean, that's not a huge problem, but I mean, it might be a problem. So we kind of yeah. need to work around that. And then what if we like if you have usernames and stuff like that? There's probably. Um, there's some stuff that goes in there as well, like that. Or emojis. And links can be like something dot something, like just the domain name, mm-hmm. which kind of throws things as well because you need to be able to like detect that that's a link and turn that into 23 characters as mm-hmm. opposed to whatever. 
it turns out there's a class. There's actually a class for this that Twitter say, provides. Twitter would have made something for this. Yeah. So Twitter provides, and I'll link it in the show notes because this is kind of I I had no idea this existed until the other day. It's called Twitter Text. I mean, crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically a class that will let you pick out all the entities, or in our case, calculate the length of a tweet. Cool. Um, based on URLs and stuff like that that are in it. And so it does all that work for us. We don't need to do any of that. That's um, good. I mean, if we wanted to go through and like, you know, add attributes to that, like we probably have to do some extra stuff there. But as a general rule, we can just kind of calculate the length and stick that in to our character count. That kind of works. And if we implement it in the right way, we can have it show... We can have it show such work out as such that if you don't have access, if it doesn't have access to the Twitter accounts yet, it provides like the pop up for that before it shows the tweet. Yeah, and if you hit OK, then it shows the pop up, and otherwise it might show an alert to say, "Well, we can't really do this." If you don't have any accounts, we can probably show an alert as well. Mm-hmm. And here's another tip: I've got oh, full of tips. This one's full of tips. So. So if we have it so that it pops up when it has no when you have no accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that that's the case, or if the case is that you don't have access, we you know you didn't grant us access, yep. we could just go have an OK button on that alert. And now you want the settings button, um, but it turns out that the settings button, the app settings, doesn't allow like it take us to a section that like our oh, app settings are, won't show you the fact that we don't have access to Twitter accounts. Okay. Can you link to the social section? So a while ago, they had a URL scheme for, yeah. s- for settings, and then they kind of removed it. But it turns out, and I don't know how supported this is, so use it with care. It turns out that you can like get access to it with this kind of super crazy technique that you implement. It's really weird. Like It really is weird. Okay. So I'm interested. The URL scheme for it is prefs. P-R-E-F-S mm-hmm. colon, then whatever the path is, uh, like the rest of the bits are. So what you do is you register your app for that URL scheme. Not like put it into your <laughs> info P list to say like, I'm going to ask if I can open this. Yeah. You literally register for that scheme. Okay. It sounds weird, right? Yeah. And how and do we then, get to settings from there? <laughs> but then what you do is you just open that URL and it will open in settings. But only if you've registered for that URL scheme. What? I know it's crazy. Okay. If and then you say like, so. So then it's like the URL that you use is like prefs colon root equals Twitter in big, uh, in all in capitals there. And then that takes you to the Twitter section of the settings app. That's crazy. It's, it's nuts. Um, That's a hack. It is a hack, but it works. <laughs> it works. So maybe what we'll, what we, in order to kind of make sure that this is, you know, is kind of future proof, this is one of those situations, right? What happens if that kind of yeah. goes away? That solution goes away theoretically we would if we post asked to be able to open this url it would not work so what i've done i test to see whether that url opens and then it only only then it will show the button there is a potential that that will not work i mean you can only kind of see so far into the future yeah that's a good point for a comment i think i normally whack a comment on those ones something like hackity hack don't look back (laughs) and then explain why i did the hack (laughs) yeah I think that's kind of important. Like comments, comments are useful when you use them contextually for things that are complex or for things that you might need to be able to like yeah. explain later. That's on. the only time I like them. Yeah, I like them. I like the uh, the documentation style ones, like above yeah, methods blocks. and stuff. Yep. yep, they're good. But within the code, the code should hopefully be self-documenting. And then if you've got a step that's 
complex and there's no other way to do it, that's when you put in a comment to say, this is why I did this. Yeah. Another actually, and there's one more I use, which is if you've got some sort of if statement and it's kind of hard straight away to see what each level is, yep. I might stick a comment on comment. each block to say like, Twitter is logged in but has no account. And then the next one is Twitter is logged in, has one account. And I don't know, I'm just making it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I in certain situations, I, I feel like sometimes you can you can break that out in a way that makes it a little bit more readable. Yeah, so sometimes I'll break the Boolean conditions into their own variable named, like, is Twitter logged in? Rather than the... So I'll just have a Boolean called is Twitter logged in, which has the logic to work that out. And then I'll do if logged in or whatever. Yeah, I'll also sometimes, like, do an if statement for one step and then an if statement for another step. Not nested necessarily. Mm -hmm. Guard statements, despite the fact that I completely and utterly forget to put the else on the end of them in in Swift. Me too. Every, every time. Every freaking time. <laughs> yeah, guard statements are useful for that because you can like do guard and then test yeah. what you expect to be correct. And then if it's not, you can do like, re- you know, whatever's in the scope will get mm-hmm. run. Um, that's kind of useful in those scenarios. So I'll sometimes break it down into that. But as a general rule, like that's part of the whole, like making it understandable in the future. Like putting, mm-hmm. you can stick everything onto one line and a lot of people seem to like it, especially with functional, like the functional stuff that you get in, Swift. Yeah. I like to break mine into multiple lines. Yeah. I don't mind the, I know it's still kind of everyone's up in the air about if it's good or not, but like the chains of functions, I like to break into each line, but I find them okay to read. But some people who aren't used to it find them like impossible to read. Like they would rather a for loop than a map or a, you know what I mean? Yeah. I understand. I, so like if I am, I've got some complex object. So basically an object with properties and I want to, Get all the objects that have a property, some particular property greater than five. I have no problem going my array equals my whole array dot map the value that I'm looking for. And then on a new line, I'll go dot filter that greater than five. So it's like, as an example, it's like the situation that we will we would have with this UI activity where it gives you all of the activity items mm-hmm. is what they, it, it's called in the thing. Prepare with activity items. Activity items are any class. So in Swift, it's any any object. Yeah. And in Objective C, it's ID. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they can be things like UI images and NS data and like maybe a URL if we decide to like post that those sort of things. One of the things that we would need to do is first of all probably convert them all like all the images from UI image to NS data so that we can because we're gonna want to use that to post. Okay. So. Like the way that I would do it is using a map, mm-hmm. uh, especially since I'm writing. Like, I mean, let's assume that we're writing this code in Swift. I would use a map. Are we doing this in place, or are we making a new array? Um, well, we're probably going to hand that off to something else because if we're going to, especially if we're going to start um, like shifting responsibility for stuff. So mm. let's assume that now that we have, now that we're starting to implement view controllers, we probably have. And this is a really simplistic version of what I actually ended up shipping, mm-hmm. by the way. We have the UI activity, which is its own class, and we'll try and keep that to just the UI activity stuff. Yeah. And then we'll pass off responsibility f- after that kind of UI activity stuff kind of needs to get handed off. Mm-hmm. We'll pass off all the responsibility to the view UI view controller, which will need to do things. We'll, we'll need to handle like the, first of all, showing the view, but then also passing off responsibility once the user wants to post a tweet yeah 
maybe to a tweet controller. Yep, that let's call good. it that. Uh, and the tweet controller actually takes the like takes the objects that we give it. So we maybe we'll give it like a text, the text for the status, NS data objects for the images. Mm-hmm. So we convert UI images uh, to NS data using I think it's UI image representation png yeah. or something yeah if we do that in the ui activity like we're never going to want to use it as a ui well i mean we probably want to use it as ui image to like preview it yeah but we can convert ns data back to ui image and with gifs we're definitely going to get it as ns data so let's make it so that the the view controller assumes that we're getting ns data so if we convert if the ui activity converts everything to ns data mm-hmm. and then maybe splits out the urls if they exist, if they exist, okay, then we can pass that. So we have that array, and we pass that array off. Which is, I would use a map, flat map. I would use a flat map. What are we flat mapping? Well, what if they don't convert to NS data for some reason? Oh, I get what you're saying. You're going to flat map them to get rid of the optionals. Yeah, I I always struggle with flat map. Mm-hmm. I, it always takes me a while to like. I have to look it up every time. Okay, flat so map flat turns map, multiple arrays into one array. Yeah, so it unwraps. That I think that's one the way that you explained it to me once, which makes makes it make sense cool. to me. Uh, it unwraps, so if it's an array, it will like unwrap that array like a multi like a multi. I don't know if it does it more than dimensional once. array. Yeah, it will unwrap that into a single array. It's if you have an array of arrays. Yeah, it will unwrap that a into single a single array. array. And then people ask, "Well, what does it do on optionals?" And you got to think of an optional as like a box containing one item. So it's an array of one item. Yeah, so it's an array. Yeah. It's essentially like an array, so it will unwrap that and remove the uh, the nil, like any yeah. nil objects. Well, because they're empty arrays. Yeah. So if we have a flat, we can just flat map over whatever the activity items are and try and convert them to either UI image. And then if we get a UI image, then we uh, get the data representation of that uh, using UI image representation PNG mm-hmm. and return that. That gives us NS data. Potentially, maybe it'll return nil, but that'll be taken care of by the flat map. Mm-hmm. If we have NS data, like if the item that we get is NS data, then we can just return that and that will have us NS data. And so we end up with an array of NS data objects that we can hand off. And if it's URL, it will return nil. I probably would have filtered them first. Really? Yeah, I just feel like trying to convert something that is not an image into a data using the image function it just sounds well. No, if you use if you go if you do like an if let data equals item as question mark. Yeah, so you've got uh, an if UI let image. in your yeah. If you flat have map, that in your flat map, that will, that work, will work great. I try and keep just, them. It'll just go over that. Yeah, I don't know which one's more efficient. I would have filtered to the to avoid the if let. So mm. I would have filtered to the image types and then mapped that or flat mapped. So okay, let's see. Let's think about our implementation now. So we have we have a UI activity uh, that hands off our uh, it takes the UI like it shows up in the UI activity view controller and hands off uh, once you press it to the view controller that mm-hmm. it, it prov- like that it returns uh, the UI view controller is automatically presented uh, by the UI activity view controller uh, and so it shows because we're using the SL compose service view controller we kind of like that's all mostly taken care of like it shows up with the text field once the user presses send we hand off the text and the NS data objects mm-hmm. and if there are URLs I would just stick them in the text yep to the uh, to our tweet controller which then handles the tweet 
like posting of like the posting of the tweet yeah. using uh, AC accounts and the SL requests from the social net, uh, social framework. I mean, we could go one step further, and there's another view controller for listing our, ta- our accounts, um, the accounts that we have attached, like that we can post from, and you can actually with SL Compose service view controller uh you can actually there's a second there's another view controller it's called sl compose view controller i keep getting the two confused yeah i'm confused sl (laughs) compose view controller lets you basically present that and it is essentially the same as the ui activity like the built-in tweet activity the compose service view controller is one that you can customize okay yeah so you can prevent present like a view controller um, with SL Compose Service View Controller that has like a list of accounts, and so it's called a configuration item. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can use one of those, and that lets you select the account that you want to tweet from without having to like present something separately. Oh, cool! Um, and it works the way that kind of the way that the built-in uh, tweet activity works. So now we have another working solution, right? Like that yeah. would theoretically work had we actually written the code for this. But are there any problems with it? Are we done? Like, is that finished? I don't know. I'd have to give it a go and see if it actually worked. So what are the, some of the like problems that we might run into? Like, what happens... Okay, so what, what happens if uh, we edit the tweet in such a way that it's invalid? Like, what if we post yeah. a URL Did we and actually... the URL gets added to the text and then we remove the URL and try to post something that is empty? Yeah. Did we actually handle any of the errors in the end? I mean, let's assume that we did. We did okay, kind good. of like we presented. <laughs> uh, we did talk about how we would present like a an alert if there was no accounts, an alert yeah. if there was no network That's and good. stuff like that. Yep. But if the tweet is invalid, then what? What like maybe we'll add another alert and let you retry. Yeah. So do we only find out it's invalid after it goes up to a server and the server passes it back saying? Well, nah. we can probably do some tests. Like if it's it's yeah. we, we know for like I, I I know for a fact that if you have no t- no like text and and no images it's invalid like that is technically invalid because there's nothing to cool. post we should disable the send button at that point that would actually be a, a good idea and I, I guess the other question like we already kind of covered this the first time that we came, like got to this point if we come back in a year are we going to understand this version i hope so it's definitely probably easier because it's not in one class like yeah separated out like the tweet controller so all the tweet stuff is in a different controller and theoretically we could reuse that somewhere else like if we wanted to post a tweet somewhere else that could be reused yep that's great uh that's always good our view controller is kind of a separate we have a view controller for showing accounts and a view controller for showing like for editing a tweet Mm -hmm. and theoretically we could use those elsewhere if we really wanted to we have our ui activity and everything kind of is like it's it's pretty kind of you know uh contained mm-hmm. i think within most of those classes like i, I think we've kind of sep- siphoned out most of the the problems there could be some like there could be kind of an argument for having like an accounts controller that handles like the like that kind of wraps the ac account store stuff maybe maybe i think you could probably get away without that did we write tests let's pretend we wrote tests i like it that's what i do every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i do all the time too I don't know what what would what would we test because at least some of it is UI like is UI stuff so we could write UI tests I guess yeah um, we could pass in an image right so test like our activity items yeah um, we could thing, yep. see what happens right test for all the edge cases make sure we're using that Twitter framework right yep. so try and post a really long tweet an empty tweet yeah yep do you think that there are potential like there that we could potentially kind of enhance this in any way. Like, is there anything that we kind of need to do in order to be able to make it, you know, make it 
kind of better a, a better solution. I can't think of one, but it's probably only because I can't see it. Yeah. So I'm it guessing is hard. we're kind of doing this in like out of our yeah, brain. I'm guessing there probably is. I mean, I could. The only thing I can think of is, I mean, we could like theoretically, if this exists, this problem exists for Twitter, it probably exists for Facebook as well. Mm. So could we? We could probably use a bunch of this code, at least some of it, to do the same thing for Facebook. We didn't use enough hot trendy things. Ah, oh. like did we use a dependency injection? Did we use Rack? Or RX. We need one of those. We definitely need one of those. Uh, uh, what are we? The things that we talked about before, where you like, um, like promises? Are they promises or yeah. whatever? Where you have like, because because I mean, with the like we were talking before, like the requests, like you have to like make however many requests mm. per per tweet, essentially. Yeah. Awesome. This is. I hate blocks in blocks or closures in closures. Yeah. I think the way that I ended up implementing this was I set them up as like very like all the different requests up as, as methods and oh, then yeah. call the methods with the information that they need to be able to post. At least your code's not indented across the whole screen. Yeah, it's definitely not indented. I hate indented code as much as you do. But I don't think I used one of those frameworks that allow you to do like, you know, to set that up in a way that's, you know, super cool and trendy. So yeah. maybe maybe we need to do that. I'm all about RX these days. RX. Does yeah. that have, is that got it built in? Oh, yeah. Nice. Plus a whole pile of other cool things. Like you could chuck a dot retry three times on the end and it would just, like retry. if it failed, it would retry it three times. You can even give it like a, some sort of, instead of just retrying instantly, a scaling time between retries. So it like retries after so the like first five retry, seconds. Yeah, the first seconds. retry is instant and then the next one is after five seconds. The next one's after, I don't know, 20. Yeah, Pretty yeah. cool. Nice. We definitely need to use more trendy stuff. That's definitely the way to go. Yeah. So what is the key? Like from this, obviously like this is a really weird and kind of uh, out there kind of the way that this topic has kind of worked. Mm-hmm. But what are the kind of takeaways that we could come that you can kind of see in this? Like what do you see? We did way too much work. We should have just written pod, gift tweet, tweet right. gift. Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> I think I think the the I think the main takeaway that I I can kind of see here is that there is kind of maybe like a two to th- like two step three step kind of yeah uh, solution definitely. to like writing this kind of writing good code. One of the first things that we did was just kind of make a version that works. Yeah, like just make it work, and that kind of. I feel like the reasoning for some of that is like you prove, first of all, you prove that it can be done Mm -hmm. and you can just kind of, you can kind of cut corners and just kind of hack away at things until it works just to kind of save yourself some time. Uh, And that gets you, that basically gets you much further than if you tried to spend all of your time, I guess, doing, implementing this final, you know, final solution that we came up with in the first pass. The trick is to actually go back. Yeah, that is. That is the trick. Because <laughs> so the trick most is, people never do. Yeah, you you have to go back and you have to make it better. Mm. And the solution there is really, it's kind of, once you've implemented stuff, you've st- you've got to stop and you've got to think about, like, what what have I, like, what have I created? Ah! Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got to think about, like, the potential ramifications of that. You know, did you create, like some sort of Frankenstein's monster that is going to like ravage townsfolk and mm. cause all sorts of chaos. If so, well done. <laughs> you pretty pretty well done. Yeah, 
I like I you, you got to consider like what the edge cases are like what happened what would have happened if we hadn't have implemented uh you know to check to see if the network was available or to check to see if the tweet was invalid and stuff like that many one star reviews many, that's what yeah many angry angry people you know if we hadn't tested the code probably you know we you need to weed out like the bugs and stuff like that yeah and writing tests is a tool to assist <laughs> you with doing that you know because it can run over like a lot of the edge cases a lot faster than you can do kind of as a general like just as yourself yeah i mean you can post many many tweets if you really want to and in all honesty i have so much trouble with running ui tests um oh yeah UI they tests never work in, yeah in that simulator always times out yeah every time and i definitely don't like i don't like to leave rough edges and i like to try and make the solution as good as it possibly can be you know making sure that for instance like when the tweet is invalid that you do something yeah i i mean it's not going to be perfect but you can definitely like you can definitely find like find as many edge cases as you can and you know try and solve as much as you can uh and it will just make it it'll just kind of make it nicer like it'll just make it like a nicer um solution one of those like the the you know linking off to settings if there is no accounts available mm. is a nice solution because you can present an alert and be like hey you should go and you know set up tweets you know set up your twitter account or something like that but it's a lot easier if somebody can press the settings button and just be taken yeah definitely there. and along kind of with that i think is like one of the most important things with like making it better is making it so that future you can understand it mm. and i feel like like doing things like formatting your code out into logical chunks like just making it so that like the format is kind of readable, not all in one line. I mean, it, it really it depends in certain cases. Like what works for you mm. might not work for everybody. That's the beauty of like style, I guess. Um, but as a general rule with formatting, you kind of want to like I tend to do things like in you know chunk out you know bits of lines of code so that they kind of are grouped together in a logical way so that you can kind of read through it and go, okay, this is the next step. We're going to, you know, post a Twitter here and mm-hmm. we're going to, uh, we, you know, we, or we're going to, you know, separate out the NS data into like chunks that we're going to then post to, you know, in, in various various requests to the Twitter service and all that sort of stuff. Breaking out, the other thing is breaking out the responsibilities into classes and methods and stuff like that. That helps a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it also makes it reusable. It has like many benefits. We could have theoretically gone with as few classes and as few methods as we possibly could have. Nah. But I definitely feel like it's... It's harder to debug as well. Yeah. I think in the end, my solution ends up using a UI activity, a like a wrapper view controller that gets presented. Uh, and that's just to kind of get around some of the fun that uh, SL Compose mm-hmm. service view controller provides. Um, because of the way that it presents and it wants to do things, you know, certain things. So there's kind of two view controllers. And then there's a view controller for uh, showing a list of Twitter accounts that you then can present in the SL Compose service view controller. Uh, I'll eventually remember it, um, the name of that class. Um, then there's a Twitter uh, controller. So there's like I've separated it down to a bunch of different um, yeah. view controllers that all have their own kind of separate Single responsibility. Single responsibility bits. Uh, and that means that if I come back to it later, theoretically, uh, I mean, it's the sort of thing where you can never tell like how Future U is going to be able to see this. But you can pretty much guarantee that Future U will have more trouble reading the code than you do right now. Yeah. And so 
making it as easy as possible is just a matter of like trying to make the code so that if you read over it, if, if you actually go back and read it, like read it, you know, step by step and it makes logical sense, it's probably good. You might like running unit tests will do this for you, sure. But if you do this manually, if you do that process manually, it means that later on it will probably also be readable by somebody else, makes it more maintainable. Um, and if you have something that doesn't like make sense still, because um, you can't like you can't get everything mm-hmm. right. If you have stuff that is still a bit confusing, or if you have bits like the hack with the settings link, yep, um, and stuff like that. Even my maybe SL like compose service view controller whatever. Uh, if you like, if you're using kind of hacky bits in there still, um, leaving a comment to say, "Hey, this might be." If you're having trouble with this, this might be the problem. Then yeah, that's probably a good thing too. Like directing people to where yeah. your problematic bits might uh, lie. Can you think of anything else? Not off the top of my head. I think you pretty much covered it. I will say though, I've decided your flat map was better. Really? Because mine yes. would loop twice. So mine would look cleaner but would be less efficient. Yours would loop once. I mean, if we have URLs in there, technically it's probably going to loop twice anyway. Yeah. If you would like to read any of the show notes, I'm going to link to a bunch of stuff in this, probably like SL Compose Service View. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that until yeah, I remember until it. until it's in. I'll probably link to that. I'll probably link to uh, the, I think it's a Stack Overflow post where I learned about the prefs thing, um, the settings URL scheme, yeah. I don't know. There's going to be a bunch of stuff. If you want to read any, like if you want to look any of those up, we're going to stick them in our show notes. Also, if you want to see this in action, check out Jelly's app, yeah, Gift Wrapped. Gift Wrapped will have, be shipping with this at some point in the not too distant future. If you'd like, like to read any of that stuff, then you can jump onto our website. You can also send us an email or, or from, from there as well. Uh, the website is mobilecouch.co. If you'd like to get in touch with us individually, you can do that too. And uh, we're both on Twitter. Ben is Ben Trangrove, B E N. T-R-E-N-G-R-O-V-E and I am Jelly Bean Soup. Thank you for listening and thank you for sticking with us even though we had that little issue with the RSS feeds the other day uh, that mostly hit, I think, overcast people. So sorry that that happened. That was kind of a bit of a an issue, but at least the server held up while everybody was doing downloads. So that's, you know, a win in my, uh, in my books. <laughs> Not the fact that, you know, a bunch of people ended up with, you know, downloads in their, uh, in their, pod catcher uh that you know that's obviously not ideal and it's kind of you know annoying for people so sorry but thank you for listening thank you for sticking with us and uh you know thanks to our patrons who help to support the show they continue to be amazing now and indefinitely we look forward to talking to you again in two more weeks time and until then goodbye bye